Engaging conversation on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. Well, good evening, friends. Father Frank Pavone here, National Director of Priests for Life. Thanks for uh, joining us for tonight's program. Uh, You may have heard about the National uh, uh, Public Radio, NPR, putting out a, an audio of a suction abortion back at the beginning of November. Well, one of our active uh, priests at Priests for Life, Father Alan Benander, uh, contacted me after that came out. And, of course, we had been commenting about it together with other pro-life groups. And he said, we should have a day of reparation. We should have a day of mourning uh, for this child. And I said, yes, that's a good idea. Let's do that. Well, tonight I'm going to say I want to say an opening prayer with you, and then uh, I recently recorded a, a little conversation with Father Allen where we kind of went into this in uh, in some detail, and uh, I'd like to share that with you for uh, tonight's program. But first, let's turn to uh, the scriptures and uh, and pray. I want to pray a psalm here that uh, really pertains to the whole abortion issue and this child in particular that was killed during this um, NPR uh, broadcast. It's Psalm 72, and it talks about helping the helpless, intervening for the poor. It says, O God, with your judgment endow the king, and with your justice the king's son. He shall govern your people with justice, and your afflicted ones with judgment. Justice shall flower in his days, and profound peace till the moon be no more. May he rule from sea to sea, and from the river, to the ends of the earth. He shall rescue the poor when he cries out, and the afflicted when he has no one to help him. He shall have pity for the lowly and the poor, the lives of the poor he shall save. May his name be blessed forever. As long as the sun, his name shall remain. In him shall all the tribes of the earth be blessed. All the nations shall proclaim his happiness. Well, that is an appropriate prayer. That is an appropriate scripture. The poorest of the poor are the unborn. The most afflicted of the afflicted are the children in the womb. The most needy of protection are those who have the least protection, the children in their first nine months of life. We need to protect them. Now, brothers and sisters, the obvious purpose of this broadcast by NPR, because they said it, was that proposal that was voted in in Michigan to put abortion into the state constitution. See, that way there, they take it out of the hands of the legislators and the pro-abortion people are scared of the legislative process because you actually analyze issues and get into public debate and and, uh, find out that the people of America are more pro-life than pro-abortion. But they want to just stick it in the constitution. You know, We never recognized it before, but who cares? Let's just put it in there. And uh, this shows their cowardice. It shows their weakness, actually. Not their strength. It shows their weakness. And uh, because they're always afraid of the legislative process. we got to get it back into the legislative process. That's what the Supreme Court did recently with the uh, Dobbs case. It said this belongs in the legislative process, not in some kind of imagined constitutional right. Okay, well, we'll deal with that through the political and legislative and educational process. 
But what this happened in Michigan, you know, that was the purpose of them trying to normalize, trivialize uh, the abortion. I want to play, before we go to Father Allen's commentary, the actual audio, a portion of it, dealing with this one particular woman who had an 11-week abortion. Let's listen to that. And meanwhile, I'll show you images, not that NPR showed, but that we show of the baby at precisely that stage of development. They say it's an 11-week pregnancy, so that means the baby is nine weeks from fertilization, and that's the baby I'm going to show you as we listen to this segment. This next patient is not one of the patients you heard before. She's asked that we not use her name. She's from Michigan. She already has one kid. She's having her abortion at about 11 weeks. Nearly all abortions in Michigan are before 13 weeks. And like many patients at Northland, she said I could record her procedure. We're going to hear some of that now. So I am just going to get you set up on the table, and we're going to do that sedation medicine. Okay. I'm going to pull this out under your legs. Most patients are partially awake during the procedures. They get IV medication for pain and anxiety. The lights are dimmed. There's soothing music. It actually feels a lot like a childbirth. The medical gown, your bare legs and stirrups, and a person next to you saying, you can do this. Just keep breathing. That's Brandy. She's one of the staffers. Her job is to monitor vital signs, but it is also to hold the patient's hand and talk her through this. Whether it's a birth or an abortion, it is often women guiding other women. You're going to hear this machine turn on now. Okay, it makes a loud noise. Blow it out, blow it out, breathe through it, breathe through it, blow it out. Listen to me, blow it out. If you hold your breath, it just makes it harder for you. Keep breathing. breathing. Just keep breathing, Brandy tells her over and over. I can't, the patient says at one point, when the cramps get painful. Yes, you can, Brandy tells her. You're doing it. And then within just a couple of minutes, it's over. Take some deep breaths for me. Catch your breath. You did it. Thank you guys so much. You did. You are welcome. I hope I didn't look too bad. You did great. You did great. Just fine. Yeah. You're okay. Thank you so much. Don't you ever tell yourself what you can't do again. Okay. So I'm going to bring the lights up or I'm going to get your underwear on so we can get you over to recovery where you can relax, okay? Okay. One thing you hear a lot from patients is, I'm doing this because I have this picture from my life and the things that I want. One woman who asked that we not use her name says she wants to finish school. And she knows lots of women get abortions, but she says that does not make this feel easy. Like, almost feel like we feel filthy, we feel dirty. We feel like we have to sneak and do this. Some of us, yeah, put our lives at risk doing it. She says she didn't want to be trapped with the guy who got her pregnant. When she asked him to help pay for this abortion, he said the most he could do was split it. Guys, they're never held responsible for things like this, ever. It's always the woman. We always got to step up and take care of it, whether we keep it or not. It's always put in our lap. At the end of the day, when all the patients have gone home, Dr. Lance wraps up paperwork, Brandy restocks the rooms, and Stanley does his final rounds. They don't know what will happen after the election. But they do know that tomorrow, 
more patients will be here seeking abortions. So friends, as I told you, Father Alan Benander is uh, he's a Norbertine priest. Uh, let me show you now uh, the interview that I did with him just very recently and uh, his idea for this National Day of Reparation. Well, brothers and sisters, we are very delighted to have one of our active uh, members of Priests for Life with us today, uh, coming to us from Wisconsin. Uh, His name is Father Alan Benander, and he is a Norbertine priest. He is serving as a chaplain at a very special place in La Crosse, Wisconsin, Shrine of Our Lady of Guadalupe. Some of you may be familiar with it. Uh, Certainly many of you are familiar with Cardinal Raymond Burke, and uh, this is uh, a... uh, he used to be the bishop there in Wisconsin in La Crosse, and this is a shrine that uh, is connected with him, as Father Allen can explain even more. Father, welcome to the uh, program. Thank you, Father. Appreciate appreciate uh, the opportunity to be on the show here with you. We're going to uh, be uh, talking about a very uh, important thing with our audience today, uh, uh, something that happened with an abortion in Michigan that National Public Radio decided to report on, um, and uh, a day of reparation that we have decided to do uh, for for the entire Priest for Life family, inviting the entire pro-life movement, the entire uh, Christian community to participate in. Uh, But first, before we go into uh, all of that, uh, just Tell us, for those that aren't familiar with the Norbertines or with the shrine at which you serve, uh, tell us just in a nutshell a little bit about them both. Okay, so the Norbertine Order was founded by St. Norbert uh, a little over 900 years ago in the year 1121. So it's a Catholic religious order um, of priests, mostly priests, but we also have brothers and we also have uh, uh, sisters too. Um, My particular community uh, was founded by Hungarian refugees, seven heroic, brave uh, priests escaping Hungarian communism in the f- 50s. And they founded the uh, our abbey, St. Michael's Abbey in Southern California. Uh, all seven of those men have since gone on to their reward. We, we hope and pray now. We've actually built a new abbey, St. Michael's Abbey in Southern California. So um, not too far from the original abbey. So any viewers are more than welcome to visit our abbey, St. Michael's Abbey in, in Southern, in the uh, Diocese of Orange, Co- Orange County in California. Currently, I'm here at the Shrine of Our Lady of Guadalupe, serving an, an assignment from the abbot here um, with three other of my confers from the abbey. It's a beautiful opportunity, the Shrine of Our Lady of Guadalupe, built by Cardinal Raymond Burke, I believe in the year 2005. It's a thrill for me because Cardinal Raymond Burke, one of, you know, a great leader in the church, and he was actually the first bishop I spoke to about becoming a priest back when I was discerning the priesthood. So it's kind of neat to see things come full circle. And it's also a very pro-life, uh, it has a pro-life uh, a spirit here. First, Our Lady Guadalupe is the patroness of the unborn. So she's the patroness here. There's also a shrine for the unborn here where mothers and fathers who've had miscarriages and or abortions can come and honor their children here. Um in fact, there's a beautiful statue of, our, I believe we call it Our Lady of the Unborn. Um, well, long before I knew I'd be serving here or even where that statue was from, I, I bought a little replica of that statue and a picture of that statue for a, for a repentant post-abortive mother. Gave her those gifts. And then here I am. I'm like, hey, that's that statue. And that's the statue for Mikey and Angie, the little ones um, of, of that mother. So so anyway, that's a little bit uh, to be said. If, if, again, feel free if you're ever 
in La Crosse, Wisconsin, or, or want to make a pilgrimage. There's a beautiful pilgrimage site here, Early to Guadalupe Shrine in, in La Crosse, Wisconsin. And you are, have also been uh, connected for a long time with uh, Priests for Life. In fact, you were telling me that even before you became a priest, you were uh, familiar with our work, right? Yeah, well, you've been a hero of mine, Father Frank, since college, so, I, <laughs> um, so I'm going to brag for you. Um, back when I was at uh, John Keel University in Cleveland, Ohio, we had a strong uh, Rights to Life group. Uh, some friends of mine uh, started up and I joined them. And uh, yeah, we were watching your videos, Priest for Life uh, material, and, and your videos, Father Frank, and uh, that really helped invigorate me in getting me in more involved. I had always been pro-life, but uh, yeah, you and your, your your Priest for Life work has been very uh, important. So it's a thrill for me to be able to work with you more closely now as a priest myself. So and yeah, it is it is wonderful. We have a lot of our brother priests around the country and around the world that are. Um, you know, as we are, uh, seeing the obvious, that the killing of these children on a massive scale demands a massive response. Uh, it demands, like John Paul II said in, in the Gospel of Life, a heartfelt response of prayer as well as of action. Uh, and that leads us to our topic today, because uh, give us the background. We both uh, have been talking about what happened, but uh, tell us, what did the, what did the uh, National Public Radio do uh, about a month ago that has uh, spurred uh, such widespread reaction? Well, I believe it was on November 3rd, which will be exactly a month before this, our day of reparation here for this child. So, so they aired an abortion. They aired the murder of a child on air, um, trying to portray to the public that an abortion is just like a childbirth. That was their expressed... Uh, desire for why they did this. You know, the music in the background is like childbirth. The encouragement that the mother gives is like childbirth. Of course, as you've pointed out, they fail to mention the one key essential difference is that in childbirth, you're giving birth to a child and in abortion, you're killing a child. You're murdering a baby. Yeah, uh, they made that's, no... That's they made no mention of the baby. I mean, this was the this was the strangest thing. I mean, first of all, okay, so we're talking about radio. So you would just heard a sound. Right there, yeah, yeah. And you heard the sounds of this young woman. She was 11 weeks pregnant. And then you heard the the the, the abortionist talking to her and the whoever else was in the room and and then you heard the sound of the of the suction machine. And the reporter was um, describing these conversations going on, um, and uh, the she was talking about a few of the other uh, young mothers that had come in that day. This was at an abortion facility in Michigan, right? And uh, uh, and that connects with the the motive, the motive for why they did this, which we'll come back to in a moment, but. Um, but yeah, you heard the woman's voice, you heard the machine, but you didn't hear any description of what the machine was suctioning out of her. Nothing at all, as if as if it just didn't matter, just didn't exist. Right. And and this was part of the the offensive nature of this that while they tried to say they were they were broadcasting the audio of a of a of a procedure, they were actually broadcasting the audio of a murder of a human being. Right. I tell you what, Father, I couldn't finish watching the video. I was actually watching it. I heard the video from from Michael Matt's remnant.tv.com, uh, one of his episodes. 
God bless him for championing the unborn and promoting and, and, and letting the world know about this atrocity, this ongoing slaughter of the children. Um, I couldn't finish the video, uh, the, the audio, at least not first. I just, because I heard that suction, I just, it hit me. A baby is being killed right here. There's, like you said, there's a murder of a little, not just any human being, a little human being, a baby. And I just had to stop, hit my knees, really felt like crying, started crying a little bit. And we took, went to the Blessed Sacrament here in our house and took it to our Lord, had, had a confidence that the baby's with God because we have that, you know, obviously that prayerful hope that God's taking care of these little ones in a, in a way beyond anything that we can imagine. But then that's when I was inspired. We we have to do something about this. This this cannot go without a response from the pro-life community. So that's when I started contacting folks, including yourself. And I'm glad you you um you know you you also took took up uh, the the duty of publicizing this day of reparation. So yeah, it was it's just it's atrocious when you think about what's going on. There's a murder of the most innocent, precious little human being. It's just like this is demonic. Well. What you were suggesting was very helpful, and, and that's what leads to this, this day of reparation or this day of mourning, December the 3rd. We, we wanted to choose a day on which or near which people could uh, spend some extra time thinking, praying, turning to God on behalf of this child. And, and let's explain this concept to people, because the idea here is the <laughs> other side, by doing that interview, they were trying to trivialize abortion. What we are trying to do is exactly the opposite, to awaken people to its gravity. So that's part of what we're trying to do to undo this, 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 this damage. When people try to trivialize an act of killing a child, um, this doesn't help anybody. The, the child, the mother, the, our whole society, our moral fabric, it all deteriorates. Uh, and, 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 and plus, praying for the various victims involved, starting with the child, uh, as you already mentioned. And then there's the wound to the mother, uh, the father, the abortionist, and their staff. I mean, those women's voices that we hear on that audio, they uh, don't go away unscathed either. And you're very familiar, of course, with all the whole uh, process by which we, we help people heal from the wounds of abortion. Uh, so this is the... Um, uh, this is the idea, isn't it? That we take a day and we think about all these things and 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 we pray about it and we also talk to others about it. That's right, yeah. And really it was it was being going on a, a couple of Rachel's Vineyard retreats and 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 you know, knowing and it becoming familiar with the pain that the women and and fathers uh, too, especially the mothers though, in a special way, but and others involved, siblings, um, the pain they go through when a baby's life is taken through abortion and, and, and how do you heal? It all goes back to honoring that child, acknowledging this is a human being. Everybody is human as us. And we need to honor this child, whether I, one was guilty of taking that child's life or one is an innocent bystander who's suffering from the loss of that child, like a, a sibling or something like that. And so we're all, the whole society has been wounded by the taking of this child's life, the mother in particular. So our hearts go out to her. Again, we, we released that open letter, um, which included first and foremost addressing her. We love her. We want, I pray for her repentance. I pray she comes to uh, be reconciled with her child beginning in this life and on into the next. But yeah, all this, um, really it's, it's becoming aware those Rachel's Vineyard retreats and knowing others who've had abortions. It, that's what's for me has made it personal. And it all goes back to acknowledging the humanity of every individual child. And so 
this this abortion was not just a political um, what a grandstanding, even though that's what they wanted. It, it was the murder of a human being that we need to we need to acknowledge. So, the motive uh, for which this reporter went into this abortion facility and ended up uh, um, releasing a, an audio of this was that it was in Michigan right before the election. You mentioned it was November the 3rd. The election was a few days later. And in Michigan, as you know, they had a proposal, as they also had in a few other states, uh, to um, make abortion and the so-called right to abortion part of their state constitution. And this, of course, makes it uh, very much more difficult in any state that does that. Uh, to protect these uh, these babies. Again, they're trying to normalize it. They're trying to trivialize it. They're trying to destigmatize it. Uh, they cannot ultimately succeed, though, in doing that. People have an innate sense of the wrongness of abortion, even though they don't realize how very wrong it is. Uh, and the other side always tries to suppress that and distract us from it. Uh, you know, one of the things they didn't talk about was, okay, there's this baby inside. And at 11 weeks, people might think, uh, oh, well, you know, this baby is not very well formed. But as you know, Father, you know, I mean, some of the basic facts about this baby, uh, 11 weeks into the pregnancy is actually nine weeks into the, the, the development of the baby uh, from fertilization. This baby already has every major bodily organ, all the major components of every bodily system. Had, heart has already beat over nine million times. And the baby is already moving, stretching, yawning, uh, uh, swallowing amniotic fluids, sucking her thumb. Uh, I mean, people would be amazed to, to, to realize all this is already happening with a baby at this stage. And yet they don't even uh, they don't even mention any of that. And then at the end, remember, I pointed out as we were discussing this, that the uh, they say, oh, well, you know, they wrapped up, they cleaned up the room and they, right, they yeah. restocked it. Right. They did the paperwork. What did what did they forget to tell them that they they right. had to look at the baby's body parts, make sure everything is right. there and throw out the body parts. I mean, right. I always say to that, that, you know, describe what you defend. I say to the defenders of abortion, right. describe. Right. they don't want to describe it. They don't want to describe it. Right. So, yeah, this whole, yeah, you're right. This whole debate's been going on for what sixty years, you know, even before Roe, and and uh, and it, every it's being talked about a lot, but it's you're not getting to the essence. You're, what is abortion? You know, show us what an abortion is. What's doing? And the NPR did not do that. Yeah. No, you mentioned the little the, the the development. I mean, I think these babies are a little bit. These models are a little bit older than this child was, although maybe not much older. I mm -hmm. carry these. These actually represent little little ones who've lost their lives through abortion. You know, those baby Mikey, Angie, Norbert, um, little ones that I've known either from because I know the mother who's repentant, or a little in Norbert's case, a baby I tried to save. So I keep these little ones with me to remember these individual children, and also the need for us to to keep this issue front and center. Um, yeah, show, these, show these are human beings. You see these; these are little babies. I mean, yes, yeah. Show, show it, show it to us more, a little more closely. Uh, yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah it's very, yeah, it's very effective to have those little models and, and yeah. show them to people. Yeah, because the the, you know, the issue becomes too abstract to to people. Right, Father, you suggested the name for this baby. Tell us uh, the meaning of the name Amanda, Amanda Marie. Yeah, Amanda, it's it's uh, from the Latin meaning she who ought to be loved. And I just thought, you know, this baby, this baby was killed. The baby was not loved. And so it came to me right in my prayer, even before you asked me for the, a name. I, I already had the name Amanda. It came to me right away because she ought to be loved. 
And so that's what this day of reparation is all about, is giving her, we can't bring her back to life, but we can honor her through a day of prayer, a day of fasting, masses. Um, the more it can be done in common and community, the better, but even if it's done by private individuals, that's fine too. So that we can say, we can do our part to, to go to our Lord and to baby Amanda, whom I believe we will see at, at, at the end of time and at our deaths and say, look, we did what we could to honor you in death. You know, there's that beautiful quote from Henry Hyde. Um, I believe he was a representative, Congressman Henry Hyde. He said, uh, you know, at our last judgment, we'll, we'll, we'll face a terror uh, that we've never experienced before. But then we'll hear a chorus of voices uh, that were never heard in this life, but will be heard beautifully in the next. And they will say to the Lord, spare him, O Lord, for he loved us. And then the Lord will say, not did you succeed, but did you try? And then I would add to that, and when you tried and did not succeed, did you still honor the little ones whose lives were lost, whose lives were taken? So I just see that as we're doing our part to honor her, she'll be fully vindicated on the last day. This baby will, Christ will honor his little ones more magnificently than we can imagine. But we want to be able to say we did our part even before that, you know? Yes, yes. Uh, it's beautiful. So we've set up a special webpage at priestforlife.org slash baby Amanda. And uh, at that place, there is also not only the uh, summary of the details that we've been discussing, but also some prayers, including a litany that you wrote that I'd like to invite you to pray with us. Uh, now we can all pray it together and you can lead it. Okay. Uh, but baby Amanda, priestforlife.org slash baby Amanda, we invite you, friends, no matter what... Uh, Part of the body of Christ you are from, no matter what denomination, make December the 3rd a special day of remembrance, of mourning, of reparation uh, in whatever way is uh, you uh, can, whatever way is appropriate to your particular circumstances, and we'll all be united in trying to make up in some way uh, for the uh, just the flagrant violation of human rights that was committed by the abortion itself and then by the the heartless uh, people who uh, went in and tried to trivialize it. So, Father, let's pray. Okay. And okay. And I, we did give her a middle name too, Amanda Marie, just a form of Our Lady. So, yes. So, living with mourning and reparation for baby Amanda Marie. Lord, have mercy on us. Lord, have mercy on us. Lord, have mercy on us. Christ, hear us. Christ, graciously hear us. God, the Father of heaven, have mercy on us. God, the Son, Redeemer of the world, have mercy on us. God, the Holy Spirit, have mercy on us. Holy Trinity, one God, have mercy on us. For the murder of baby Amanda Marie, have mercy on us. For the public humiliation of your precious little one, have mercy on us. For preventing her from growing in the womb, have mercy on us. From preventing her from being born, have mercy on us. From preventing her from taking her first breath, have mercy on us. From preventing her from feeling the embrace of her mother. Have mercy on us. From preventing her from her first cry. Have mercy on us. From preventing her from seeing the sun. Have mercy on us. From preventing her from being fed and succored. Have mercy on us. From preventing her from growing into toddlerhood. Have mercy on us. For preventing her from learning how to walk. Have mercy on us. For preventing her from learning how to talk. Have mercy on us. For preventing her from hearing the holy name of Jesus. Have mercy on us. For preventing her from hearing the holy name of Mary. Have mercy on us. For preventing her from receiving the Christian faith. 
Have mercy on us. For preventing her from being baptized. Have mercy on us. For preventing her from receiving her first communion and all the sacraments. Have mercy on us. For preventing her from growing into adulthood. Have mercy on us. For preventing her from making friends. Have mercy on us. For preventing her from sharing her gifts with the world. Have mercy on us. For preventing her from possibly getting married and having her children of her own. Have mercy on us. For preventing her from possibly giving her life to Christ and holy virginity. Have mercy on us. For preventing her from growing in virtue. Have mercy on us. For preventing her from sharing her gifts with the world. Have mercy on us. For preventing her from dying with dignity and at the time you, Lord, deigned. Have mercy on us. For preventing her from having fun in this world. Have mercy on us. For preventing her from experiencing laughter. Have mercy on us. For preventing her from hearing beautiful music. Have mercy on us. For preventing her from hearing birds chirping. Have mercy on us. For preventing her from seeing and smelling beautiful flowers. Have mercy on us. For preventing her from seeing a sunset. Have mercy on us. For preventing her from experiencing and trying to overcome the many challenges of life. Have mercy on us. For preventing her from experiencing the beautiful sights, sounds, touches, smells, and tastes of this world. Have mercy on us. For preventing her from loving us. Have mercy on us. For preventing her from experiencing life. Have mercy on us. For failing to love Amanda, she who ought to be loved. Have mercy on us. Lamb of God, who takest away the sins of the world. Spare us, O Lord. Lamb of God, who takest away the sins of the world. Graciously hear us, O Lord. Lamb of God, who takest away the sins of the world. Have mercy on us. Eternal must grant unto your precious little one, baby Amanda Marie, O Lord, and let perpetual light shine upon her. Let us pray. O God, you gave us to us your precious little one, baby Amanda Marie, as a child who ought to have been loved. On behalf of those who took her life and the legislators who allowed her murder to take place under the cover of unjust law, please forgive us in our land, O Lord, of this, these horribly egregious sins of ours against her. May our sins against her not bring down your just punishments upon us and those who killed her, but rather in your mercy, may you rain down more grace upon our land. According to your apostles' very words, where sin abounds, grace abounds even more. And may our taking of her life before baptism not prevent her from experiencing the blessed vision of your face, but rather in your love, power, and mercy. May our prayers and penances offered up to you, our God, out of love for her, be a fitting reason for you to grant this precious little one of yours this most supreme gift of the beatific vision. And on the last day, a glorious resurrection, along with perfect vindication of her before the entire human race, including those who killed her or supported her killing. Finally, may the demons who are behind this murder and dishonoring of your precious child, Amanda Marie, experience this day and on the last day an increased punishment for the sake of defending and honoring the dignity of precious Amanda Marie. We ask this for our Lord Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Well, thanks very much, Father, for discussing this whole situation, for proposing this idea of the day of reparation, for writing that prayer, and uh, just for your collaboration overall in the great cause of life. We look forward to uh, further discussions and future uh, meetings and so forth. And thanks for blessing our uh, audience today. Thank you, Father. God bless you. And God bless baby Amanda Marie. Amen. So thank you again, friends, uh, for uh, listening. And thanks to Father Allen for the proposal of this idea. Thanks for all who will participate, no doubt, in this special project. Again, priestforlife.org slash babyamanda. Priestforlife.org slash babyamanda this Saturday, December 3rd. Let's pray together the Lord's Prayer. 
uh, for this child and for the end of abortion. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Thanks so much, friends. Make sure you're connected with me on social media, by the way, at FR Frank Pavone on all the major platforms. Make sure you have your Truth Social account, your Getter account. These are free speech platforms, uh, and we're on all the other platforms as well. And uh, we look forward to joining you again very soon. Father Frank Pavone here of Priests for Life. God bless you all. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.